0: Good morning, time for the farm show here at the Shank of the Day on Wax 104.5 as Jill and Krista and myself, Bob Boesel, bring you the news in agriculture around the area, around Wisconsin, around the nation, and around the world as part of the Midwest Farm Report family. We've got markets, 13 first alert weather. We'll look at all kinds of calendar items and what's going on in the world of agriculture. Again, it's time for the farm show on Wax
1: 104.5. Keep it at Rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
0: Well, we're doing the chores alone this morning. Jill is off uh, getting ready for Christmas for all of the family. Her kids and grandchildren are going to be there, so she's got cooking to do and all kinds of stuff. So we'll get the chores done as we look at what's going on in agriculture this morning. Some uh, better news for ethanol. And snowless Christmas, we talk about that, but it goes further than that. What does it mean as far as how dry it has been? Interesting report has come out. Organic Valley is growing and wolves are coming to Colorado. And also some thoughts that I want to share as I was thinking more and more about Senator Debbie Stabenow of Michigan throwing that Whole Milk for Healthy Kids Act uh, under the bus, not allowing it to go forward after members of both sides of the aisle in Congress voted to run it through. She said no. And I'm thinking about her comments again. And her comments, again, I'm just thinking, you know, as you drive around, you think about some of these things and how frustrating this is. Derry, according to her, now these are her comments, Debbie Stabenow of Michigan is senator who's head of the uh, Senate Ag Committee, Also very powerful, of course. These senators can hold up a bill all by themselves, and that's what she's done. Dairy is a very important part of a balanced meal. But one thing is clear. School meal standards currently based on dietary science should continue to be based on dietary science, not based on which individual food products that we support. Now, that to me is kind of a a hollow excuse, for lack of a better term. I've been thinking about the dairy. You know, one of the things we hear all the time, farmers, you have to advocate for your product. In this case, obviously, it's dairy, and I don't want to go on a big diatribe. But I was just thinking about this. You know, we've got we've spent how much money checkoff funds for research on dietary science, and how come that information hasn't reached her? We've got all kinds national milk producers, DMI. Other dairy organizations have all done exhaustive research on the benefits of dairy in the diet. Whole milk, 2%, chocolate milk, butter, all that in the diet. Why has not that message reached her? We've got to get better lobbying organizations. Or again, it's, this is a good example of when we say, you go to different sessions and they'll say, farm, they'll have speakers. Farmers, you've got to get out and advocate. you got to go to the dairy case when you're in the grocery store, talk to consumers, explain to them about dairy fat and how good it is and how important it is so you're not coming down with bone disease, osteoporosis, and whatever later in life. Obviously, Debbie Stabenow has not gotten that message because while she says dairy science, that's what the dairy industry has on its side, science. And why she hasn't gotten that information, I don't know, but I think it behooves the dairy industry, maybe starting with national milk. They're out in Washington. DMI is out that way to get to Debbie Stabenow and show her this science. So I don't know what she's referring to as science, but it is a a frustrating situation. This this is... (laughs) If you can't tell, this is one bill that really aggravates me the way it has been put to the side because you don't get bills that are supported by both sides of the aisle so strongly and to have just one person toss it into the trash can, so to speak. So again, we've got the dairy science. We've got it on paper. We've got it that uh, it's available. It hasn't been made available to her, obviously, Why not? Where have we fallen down? And they say we because, uh, you know, we're all in this together in the agricultural industry. So, again, somebody's got to get the new science or not new, ongoing science about the importance of dairy to Debbie Stabenow of Michigan. I'm going to give you her number again. So, call her. And, again, you can call her right now and, and tell her to get to the science. Talk to National Milk. There's science out there that shows the importance of dairy. I don't know what dairy science she's referring to, but uh, that's all her comment, just general comments. Senator Debbie Stabenow of Michigan, again, give her a call right now, 202. two. I'll wait till the farm show's over. We might have other stuff you want to hear. 202-224-4822. That's 202-224-4822. Or uh, Senator Baldwin in Wisconsin and have her talk to Debbie Stabenow about uh, what she doesn't understand about dietary science. Senator Baldwin number is 202-224-5653. That's 202-224-5653. So we're not giving up on this issue, at least I'm not. Hopefully we're not in the dairy industry giving up on this issue because it's very, very important as far as, uh, you know, whole milk for healthy kids back in the schools, 2% in whole milk. I just think that could be a, a win-win for not only the kids, and that's the an important thing, the kids and the students, to get that healthy dose. We all know if you're old enough to have a, a milk break in school, how refreshing that was. You know, like I said before, we had it in our school, and it was back then it was two cents for a carton of milk, the old carton of milk. Every classroom got it. Ten cents a week, you got a carton of milk a day. And we always had like 25 or 30 kids in the class, and it was always 25 chalk and one white. <laughs> but at least we were drinking the milk. So, and again, I, I'm 76 years old, and I am in pretty darn good health. The doctor told me in my last physical, he said, I wish everybody your age was that healthy. So I'm uh, looking forward to a few more years here with you, but uh, this is an issue that I've really revved up about as you can tell and i hope the whole dairy industry gets revved up about this we've got dairy t- dairy science dietary science let's spread the word obviously we're not spreading it far enough all right well that's just one we got so much more to cover today that uh, we'll move on including telling you about the weather we're kind of under a Maybe a cloud, not only the dairy industry, and we look at the price, you'll see the cloud of the dairy industry, but the uh, weather as well. Wax
1: 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
0: We're going to take a look at our markets right now. And of course, our markets brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance, and we'll hear from those folks here in just a little while. But as we get close to the end of the week, as far as the markets are concerned, choice-fed beef steers trading and heifers, choice beef steers and heifers trading this week, 160 to 173 in that range on the top of the mixed steers and heifers, 110 to 159. Finished dairy cross steers and heifers, 134 to 170. Fed Holstein steers, choice 145 to 154. Silage and uh, silage fed select steers, 115 to 144. Cows, 70 to 84 the top of the cows so far. Has been about 124. Bulls 88 to 111. Butcher hogs 32 to 68. Sows trading 32 to 35. Boars 8 to 15. Feeder lambs this week 75 to 265. The ewes 125 and down. Small goats 10 to 180. Medium goats 10 to 265. Large goats 150 to 380. And the nanny goats 115 to 270. Mercantile exchange yesterday. Cattle were higher, but the hogs were lower. We've got February live cattle one seventy thirty. That was up one fifty-two. April at one seventy-three eighty-two up a dollar fifteen. June live cattle, one seventy-one thirty, up forty-five. The feeder cattle for January 224.05, that was up 215. March 225.75, up 255. April at 230.52, up 265. May up 267, at 234.82. And August feeder cattle 247.52, that was up 212. Hogs were lower. February hog 7022 that was down 32 and we're taking a look at April down 67 76-92. May 8372 down 62 and June down 45 at 9225 and on the board of trade corn beans wheat they're all lower yesterday new contract lows for that March corn contract rain in South America also closing two railroad bridges going into Mexico Causing us to uh, lose uh, some of our export sales down that way, so not good. March corn overnight unchanged with yesterday's close at four sixty nine. The oats down three at three seventy five. The wheat up five to six cents at six fifteen. Soybeans down three at thirteen twelve. Soybean meal down a dollar ten three eighty seven sixty. Dairy markets continue to be rather pathetic as uh, we're looking now at uh, things going on one thirty nine and a quarter for that cheese price. And looking at uh, some of the other things that we've got going on here, we've got uh, all kinds of uh, market markets that are down as the blocks are down three quarters at 144 and three quarters. Of butter unchanged two sixty and a half, and December class three. That was down one at 1613. January down two at 1560. February down a penny, 1574. March and April both down four. 1644 for March, 1735 for that April contract as we look at the markets here on Wax.
1: The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
0: 13 minutes after 5 o'clock, and I think we've got the uh, right to repair issue... (laughs) handle here we're back on track let's take a look at some of our farm news this morning expansion of the use of e15 blends of ethanol is a step closer to reality it looks like that's because earlier this week the environmental protection agency sent the final rule to allow e15 to be sold year-round in eight more states to the office of management and budget for final review now that's considered the final step before the epa can go ahead with that move the process was supposed to be finished about 18 months ago so that the product could be sold 12 months a year in states like Illinois, Iowa, Minnesota, Missouri, Nebraska, Ohio, South Dakota, and Wisconsin. The states that uh, brought that uh, suit or demand that the EPA get going on this thing. And uh, this, we talk about uh, we are going to have an open winter and how dry it's been the last couple of years. Well, the snowless Christmas we're about to enjoy is a sign of just how dry it continues to be around the country, especially in major parts of the Corn Belt. New research just posted on the National Centers for the Environmental Information's Climate website shows that the period from December of 2019 through November of 2023 has been the driest in a lifetime. Using Iowa as an example, meteorologists found that during that 48-month period, statewide precipitation in Iowa has been just under 114 inches. That's almost 28 inches below the 1991 through, two, through 2020 average precipitation average of over 141 inches. The actual driest period on record for the Corn Belt was almost 70 years ago, from December of 1954 through November of 1958 and I remember the drought of 1958 in Iowa and I'm telling you what it looked like pineapple growing in the fields out there that it was really dry so this has been it hasn't been that that dry since right now this latest report shows southwestern Wisconsin is one of the areas facing those precipitation deficits of over 20 inches for the past four years well, what's going on with the farm bill? We talked to Mike Strons recently, in fact, down in Kansas City at our Farm Broadcasters Convention, about that. Let's see what he's got to say. Again, uh, Farmers Union... Mike Strons, The business of agriculture, the issues in agriculture, there are lots of them, and they're all important. Mike Strons is with us now, and you remember Mike when he was in Wisconsin with the Wisconsin Farmers Union, now with the National Farmers Union in Washington, D.C. And uh, Mike, how long has it been since you had to change your driver's license from Wisconsin to Virginia or wherever? Oh yeah, I
2: changed in my Wisconsin license for a D.C. license and they shredded my Wisconsin license. (laughs) It was 13
0: years ago, so it's been a while. A lot of things have happened, but we're focused on the present, and of course, uh, maybe one of the most important issues we're dealing with right now is the farm bill. You are very much involved in that with the National Farmers Union. No no farm bill this year. What's the update? The uh,
2: House and Senate passed an extension for one year of the farm bill. This was part of the continuing resolution, a bunch of uh, budgetary issues as well. But long story short, the farm bill's uh, put off for another year we are hoping to see some action in the house and senate agriculture committees in just the next couple of months but we've been getting ready for this farm bill for a long time farmers union members and farmers across the country have been sounding off for months on this and uh, you know we've been talking about the farm policy changes that we need uh, because the last five years a lot happened <laughs> and we learned a lot in agriculture about how we can keep the food supply resilient and strong, how we can respond to natural disasters and trade wars. So, we need to make those changes in this next farm bill.
0: As we look at the extension, Status quo extension, are there going to be any adjustments, of course the the farm bill is more a food bill than a farm bill, so you got all the feeding programs, the nutrition programs, they will stay the same, so uh, women, infants and children, SNAP program recipients, they'll all continue to get their benefits for another year.
2: Yeah, with this extension, uh, with a couple little funding tweaks that needed to be done for some uh, relatively smaller programs. Those will all continue into this next year. Uh, we needed that one-year extension because programs like the Agriculture Risk Coverage Program or Price Loss Coverage Programs, the, the safety net programs that farmers use, uh, you can't really do that on a month-by-month basis. you got to have that for the full crop year. So that was pushed for an entire year. And that buys some more time for Congress to get not just a farm bill done, but the right farm bill done in the year ahead.
0: And again, Mike Strons with the Farmers Union. We'll talk more about uh, the Farmers Farm Bill and, and other issues as well as we uh, go through the, the rest of the year with Mike and in what's going to be happening. Coming up, Jill, not here, but uh, she had done an interview down at the FFA convention with a gentleman that uh, freight farms, and what he does, he takes these uh, containers that you see on the back of uh, ships and semis and everything, and he's turning into them like aquaculture farms and uh, getting them out to the students. So, again, that's coming up on Wax.
1: Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
3: With the demand for fresh produce out there, we've come up with some unique ways to keep that production up and keep people full of those fresh vegetables. I'm Jill Welke from the northern end of the world's longest barn here in Eau Claire. I was at the 96th National FFA Convention and exploring the Expo Center when I came across Freight Farms. And I was able to chat with Robbie Domenico, he's the manager of branding for Freight Farms. And I asked him about Freight Farms, and what are they all about?
4: Yeah, so Freight Farms, we are all about creating modular vertical hydroponic farms um, the mission of our company is to democratize access to food, so we 're really trying to eliminate food deserts. Uh, what we do as a company is we create the hardware and the technology, and then we put it in the hands of those who want to use it, that are a part uh, who also believe in the mission that our
3: company does as well. And what is some of that hardware that goes into putting together a freight farm? So first, you got to start with a giant shipping container. So
4: it's a 40 foot standard shipping container, one that you'd see like on the back of a freight or at a port, etc. So that is great because it makes it pretty easy to transport. Uh, Not only that, but they are extremely insulated. So with the insulation that's within the walls, as well as the HVAC system, that is a part of the hardware that makes it a controlled environment agriculture farm. It can function within temperatures as low as negative 40 degrees, all the way up to 120 degrees. So we're really looking for this to be a solution to growing food in places where you otherwise couldn't.
3: We talked about the box. That's what we see. What are some of the special features inside to help those vegetables grow?
4: Yeah. So the greenery, which is the name of our flagship container farm, is uh, comprised of basically two different stations. The first one, when you first walk into the farm, is the nursery station. That's where you're going to grow all your seedlings before they are ready to go into our second area, which is the cultivation area. That's where they grow to maturity. So at the nursery station, there's two troughs, and that's where you put your seeds in uh, hundred and uh, big cell trays. Um, and you put them in the troughs. It's an ebb and flow system, so water will rise and sink about three times a day to soak those plugs and give them the water and nutrients that they need. Because it's hydroponics, there's no soil involved, so all the nutrients are soluble in the water. Um, So this whole farm, basically, from the cultivation area to the nursery, it's all the plants are getting all their nutrients from the water system.
3: And let's talk nutrients. How do they go into the system? So we have different nutrient
4: dosing tanks. We have uh, for the nursery and the cultivation area. Basically, you're going to want to calibrate your system because not only do we have hardware, we have software that helps run the farm. So we got farmhand software. And basically, that's reading all the levels of your farm at all times. And it helps you to control all the different factors. So that system is constantly checking on your nutrient levels that are in your water. We have nutrient sensors that the water passes through before it hits the plants. And whatever you have programmed in the software, to what you're growing essentially those sensors are going to read the water before it hits the plants and say oh you're low on ec we need to add a little bit more or you know your ph is too high let's even it out a little bit so that you have uh optimized conditions at all times allowing you to grow like 365 days a year consistently
3: and we jumped right to the nutrients we didn't even talk about the water usage here how much does it take to grow a lettuce or whatever's in the truck at the moment?
4: Yeah, so basically in the cultivation area, there are four walls. Each of those walls, you can harvest about a 1,000 heads of lettuce per week. Uh, What's great about our system is it's really water efficient. Um, On average, it uses about five gallons of water a day. And that is because the 8-Track system captures extra moisture. The gutters underneath our vertical farming structures are walls. The gutters capture extra water. And with a slight tilt of gravity, it's going to roll its way back into the tank. And uh, like I said, then it goes back through that system where it's going to optimize that water with nutrients so that your plants are always getting what they need.
3: Are there any other benefits that you can see out there other than, hey, we can grow something just about anywhere?
4: Yeah, um, I've seen this a lot of benefits in like institutional and non-profit sectors. So when a school gets a farm, at first they're like, cool, we can grow lettuce on campus. But then that ends up fueling their dining hall. And then they end up having STEM programming in different classes and agriculture and horticulture, all in greenhouse classes using this farm. And then not only that, they're giving student tours. They're giving tours to like investors and everything. And it's just like a really, um, it's a really cool piece of equipment that these places have on their campus that's making an impact Boys and Girls Club is probably one of the best examples. They run a whole farmer's market that the kids run, the kids harvest and grow all of the lettuce. They get emotional learning as well out of it, learning to uh, work with plants and like turn them into paints or um, all different kinds of artful activities that you can do using the plants as well. So it's really, uh, for a container, the possibilities are kind of uncontained, if you will.
3: What are some of the challenges you've seen with the freight farm so i think a lot of the challenges come from
4: number one hydroponics is still fairly new in the ecosystem um just in society in general a lot of people are unfamiliar and especially when you're trying to zone for one of these bad boys they're like so it's a freight but it's a farm (laughs) you're growing food you're putting it in an alleyway like a lot of uh A lot of local governments still don't really understand. So what we as a company are also trying to do is educate the public, um, educate about the zoning and the requirements that go with it. Basically, you need electricity, water, and Wi-Fi um, to run one of these bad boys. But I think that's one of the challenges is like just the lack of education around hydroponics in general.
3: We've talked about the nutrients, and we talked about the water usage, and you mentioned Wi-Fi. What about electricity? Does it take a lot to keep this going?
4: So, yeah, electricity with any controlled environment agriculture, from warehouses to smaller scale, um, I think that's that's like the Achilles heel of the industry. It's what everyone in the industry is working towards, is energy efficiency. I mean, if you just think about it in like basics, this whole entire hardware is running LED lights. It's got Wi-Fi. It's running software. It has an HVAC. Of course, it's like you're running a small office essentially, so you're gonna. Uh, it's gonna require energy. The benefits are that it is uh, extremely water positive. You can grow a lot of food, but unfortunately, like it has a higher energy consumption. But there are also ways to, you know, get around that. If you run your lights at night and avoid like high peak energy costs, that's a way to save. A lot of our farmers have been experimenting with solar, hydropowering their farms next to a river. Um, So we like to work with our customers to come up with the best solutions because this is a product that could change a lot. And so it's really awesome to have a customer base of over 600 farmers in all 50 states, 41 countries. And we're all working together on the same mission of just trying to democratize access to food. Get rid of food deserts. Um, Everyone deserves access to fresh food.
0: And again, more creative ideas to get food to the world. A lot of people in this world. What did they say? By 2035, 8 or 9 billion people in the world. And uh, using those freight farms is one way to do it. Interesting stuff. Jill, again, talked to Robbie Damro down at the National FFA Convention when she was down there in Indianapolis here a month and a half, two months ago. 29 minutes after 5, we got to get to some markets. The a Thursday morning. Rocky's going to join
1: us next from Premier Livestock in Withy. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
0: And it's 31 degrees out there. We'll get about 41 today, a cloudy day. Get ready. We don't need sunglasses uh, probably till the middle of next week, the way it looks now. But brightening up our day, always sunny disposition, is Rocky Olson over there at Premier Livestock. Morning, Rocky. Morning. Good morning. All right. So the kids out of school now for Christmas, or they still have a day or two left?
5: Uh, let's see. I think they got, uh, today. Today. They're
0: off tomorrow. All right. Well, you got chores for them to do. Are they going to go hunting or what? Uh,
5: that was a little bit maybe in the possibly. I don't even know if deer want to move in this
2: warm weather.
0: Well, that's, well, they get up and exercise. It's a good thing. Well, we got uh, close to the end of the week as far as markets are concerned. And again, closed on Monday, obviously. Yep. And no taking in cattle at all either. No, we will be closed, closed, so everybody can spend time with their family. So. All right, well, we'll remind them of that when you're done. But uh, get us caught up. What's going on the first three days of the week?
5: Uh, thank you, Bob. Good morning, everyone. This uh, Yesterday's dairy cattle auction shaped up. We sold 218-headed dairy cattle. Once again, lots of very, very nice quality cattle. Uh, cattle sold well with great demand, but not near as high as the last three weeks have been. Uh, Supreme Fresh cows about 2,300 to 2,700. Uh, top jersey was at 2,150. Uh, Many other cows from 17 to 2275. Top spring and heifers, 1800 to 2300. Uh, Lesser quality cows, uh, common cows, blemish cows, and spring and heifers, 1675 and down. Next week, uh Wednesday we got our dairy cattle auction lots of top notch fresh parlor freestall cows uh, we got uh, one load of cows out of one of the best herds of c- uh, cows in the state of Minnesota uh, we have one load of fresh robot freestall cows and they'll be the very very good ones they will also be good robot cows top cows there uh, we'll also have our special monthly dairy heifer auction Wednesday we normally have it on Tuesday but with uh, no auction on Monday we want to take a little pressure off of Tuesday move them dairy Heifers to Wednesday. Big run of heifers, uh, spring and heifers, bred heifers, and open heifers. Full detailed list of consignments, updated market reports at Premier Livestock and uh, Like we said at the top, reminder will be closed Monday. The office will be closed. The yards will be closed. Uh, we'll be open first thing on Tuesday morning to receive your cattle. And like I said, the feeder cattle. Uh, auction on Tuesday. We're also starting that early. Uh, We're going to start the feeder cattle at 10 o'clock a.m. Don't expect a big run of feeder cattle between the holidays, and then we'll go right to the calves on Tuesday. So that is the way to shape it up, and that's what's happening, Bob.
0: All right. Well, we won't talk to you. I'm just sitting here thinking, I won't talk to Rocky again before Christmas. So you and your family, Rocky, and all the gang over there at Premier Livestock, I hope you all have a very Merry Christmas.
5: All right. Same to you, Bob, and uh, Merry Christmas
0: to everybody else out there. So, All right. Have a good one. Thank you. There he goes. There's Rocky over at Premier Livestock in the Withy area. Well, how merry of a Christmas will it be? It'll be more merry than it'll be white, that's for sure. Let's get over to 13 First Alert Weather, and Mike Dandria is with us. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Bob. You always have the smoothest transitions. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I was just talking when I was doing TV with, uh, with uh, Leanne and, and Bob Gallagher here a few minutes ago that uh-huh. Channel 13, WEAU, 70 years old. 70 years. 70 years. Or 70 years. Have you got a list of all the meteorologists, and well, before they were meteorologists, they were weathermen, and women, and women, Mm -hmm. Monica Ott, of course, was there, but uh, have you got a list of all the weather people that have been at Channel 13 over the years?
6: I don't, but I know that uh, there was one back in, I believe it was the 80s, that shared a last name with me, and I've been asked many times if yep, I was related.
0: Joe, Joe Dandria.
6: Yep. And yep. I don't believe I'm related, but I'm not ruling it out either.
0: No, it was funny because uh, for those of us that have been around long enough, back when Joe Dandria was there, there was Tom Magnuson you see that name on there the name sounds familiar Tom, and then uh, big guy Bill Peterson that and one sounds very familiar Bill, <laughs> and I, we were still over when wax and channel 13 were all one organization mm. and we were all there and uh, Bill Peterson was about six foot five and weighed about 280. Good God, Joe Dandria and Tom Magnuson were his assistants. I guess we could call it then. Uh-huh. And they were about five foot six and one hundred and thirty. <laughs> so maybe I and am related like, to Joe. It looked like Santa Claus and his little elves. They followed <laughs> Bill around, and it was the funniest thing to watch Bill Peterson and these two little guys follow. That is fall really around. funny. Tom Magnuson had uh, nice kids and good weathermen, good meteorologists, they were all great. Yeah. yeah. But I still see Tom Magnuson had this uh, big head like, a you know, one of them electric hairdos that yeah. you need a pitchfork to comb it, you know, like <laughs> he stuck his finger in a socket. But he yep. used it used to be so funny to watch those two guys follow Bill Peterson around <laughs> like his little kids. His little ducklings. Come on, guys. We're going to go. <laughs> but anyway, but they all gave us good weather forecast. Jim Riggs, of course, was with us on the farm show for so, so many, many years. But, uh, yeah, great memories over there. That's for sure. Absolutely. All right. And... Uh You're you're the latest, and we (laughs) welcome you in, too. You've been doing a great job for us, too. Thank you. What do we got? But you got a Christmas forecast, and not a lot of those guys were forecasting when they were here. Yeah, no, and it uh, doesn't look like
6: it's going to be a a great Christmas forecast. If you wanted a white Christmas, of course, we've been saying that, but it's very likely at this point that we'll break a record uh, going into Christmas Eve especially, but for today, cloudy, highs in the low 40s, may have some drizzle later on tonight and into tomorrow morning, but otherwise cloudy tomorrow afternoon with highs in the low to mid 40s. A warm-up heads our way for Saturday, climbing to the upper 40s, mostly cloudy, and then looking ahead to Sunday, that's where we have a better chance at some rain and temperatures climbing into the low 50s. Another day in the mid-40s for Christmas Day. Rain likely, and we'll take another chance of showers into Tuesday with highs in the mid-40s before cooling off, if that's what you want to call it, to the low 40s by Wednesday. Right now, though, sitting at 29 degrees, and that's the
0: way it's shaped up, and that's what's happening, Bob. If you can't find your sunglasses, don't worry about it. Yeah, exactly. Not going to need them the next couple of days. I guess not. Thank you, sir. You bet. There he goes. Mike Dandry over
1: there at 13. First alert weather keeping it at rural Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
0: And before we get into more of our farm news and market information heading to the top of the hour let's get some of our other news. Morgan McCarthy of course is always with us in the morning to do that. Good morning Morgan.
7: Good morning. Well here's what we're learning today. We'll start in the courts with a local man found guilty of murder and arson charges and it happened during the summer of 2022 when Scott Vanegan set his Chippewa falls home on fire. Turns out he also murdered a woman before that arson. You can see See the full story online with our partners, WEAU 13 News, with a link set up at 715newsroom.com. Meanwhile, an Eau Claire man was sentenced for stealing more than $179,000 from an armored truck facility. Ari Beck, a former employee at the local armored truck company, was charged last year with stealing full bank deposit bags. The bags came from quick trip stores and cash that he was meant to refill ATMs with. Beck says he spent part of the money on bills, poker tournaments, and guns. A Chippewa County Circuit Court judge sentenced him to a year in prison and restitution payments. It was crews on site in Buffalo County at a fire there, though no injuries reported. This was following a farm fire. Thick black smoke reportedly filling the air yesterday in Mondovia. As firefighters found a shed up in flames when they arrived, but no animals were inside. While well, we look to the political stage where it seems a number of Wisconsin residents are likely getting compensation out of a recent Google settlement. Wisconsin AG Josh Call says the $700 million settlement stems from anti-competitive practices that involve the google play store and some wisconsin residents could be uh, eligible to get money 715 newsroom.com for more details on that lawsuit and other headlines we could be paying more in twenty twenty four. Thousands of local residents will soon be paying more for utilities xl energy announcing a rate increase customers you'll see about a dollar increase a month for electric a little under three dollars a month for natural gas and shining a light on the spirit of the season you may have that point set you a plan out but what do you do past Christmas. Try to keep it alive. Turns out they're kind of finicky little plants. It is the plant of the holiday season, but in the end, most get tossed. They're not easy plants to keep alive. According to the University of Minnesota Extension, they're temperamental about the temperature and sun exposure. They need water, pruning, and fertilizing. But the holiday plant is also big business. 70 million plants sold at about $4.33 each. That's $303 million every year. I'm Bree tennis well, speaking of blooming bright our own special flower is in the barn so we better get back to those chores with bob bolsold in your midwest farm report on wax 104.5
0: thank you morgan and i don't know where you can buy a of that cheap four dollars and something that's uh not a price tag
1: i've seen wax 104.5 and the midwest farm report
0: and let's take a look at more news in the world of agriculture. Organic Valley moving forward. Organic Valley, of course, is the largest organic farmer cooperative in the nation, and they're located down in Lafarge. They're bucking the trend of many co-ops. They're growing. So far this year, Organic Valley has added 84 family farms to their roster of dairy farms shipping milk. The breakdown shows 26 of those farms are in Pennsylvania, 12 in Wisconsin, 22 in New York, 6 come from Ohio, with others added to the membership roles of Organic Valley from Indiana, Iowa, Maryland, Michigan, Minnesota, and Vermont. And Colorado cattlemen and ranchers have lost their battle over the gray wolf. That's because a federal judge has denied their motion for a temporary restraining order on the issue that would have stopped the reintroduction of the wolves into parts of Colorado. Now, that would be mainly west of the Continental Divide. The process will now go forward, and wolves will be in Colorado before the end of the year. So they're already reintroducing wolves into nature in Colorado. All right, we're about uh, 16 minutes away from uh, six o'clock, and a couple other things uh, going on. Don't forget the young people in the Holstein Association. The Wisconsin Junior Holstein Convention is coming up. Between Christmas and New Year's, December 29th through the 31st. And, uh, again, we said that's in final act. The adult convention is coming up in February. That'll be down in New Glarus, down in Swiss country, huh? Holstein people are going to be down in Brown, Swiss country in New Glarus, Wisconsin. So, again, that's uh, some of the things coming up. Don't forget, the sign-up is open right now re-enrollment, whatever you want to call it, for ARCPLC contract for 2024. With the Farm Bill being uh, what it is, extended for another year, everything stays in place, and it looks like the funding will be the same. Funding is always an issue, but uh, they have voted to keep that alive. We talked about that for quite a while. So we do have the Farm Bill coming up for the next couple of years, or the next year, rather. So ARCPLC All available for you to sign up, and you have until March 15th to do that. And again, that's done at Farm Service Agency offices around the country. And
1: we've got markets to take a look at. We'll do it. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And once again, then I'll get
0: off my bandwagon, but I hope... On the air anyway, but uh, behind the scenes, we'll be working on this again. Senator Stabenow holding up that uh, Whole Milk for Healthy Kids Act. And yeah, I've been ragging on it, but I think it's very, very important. And uh, like she said, it's dietary science. Uh, call your not only call her, but call other organizations. Call National Milk, DMI, other dairy organizations, your co ops. Say, we spend all this money to get all this research to show how good dairy is. But yet, we're not getting the information of the powers that be that vote on these sorts of things, like Senator Stabenow, who has held up this bill from getting to the Senate floor and getting passed because uh, they're waiting to vote for it, but she won't let it happen. It's kind of like Senator Tuberville holding up promotions for military people because uh, there was something that he didn't like. So again, get her the dietary science that shows 2% whole milk, Good for kids. Good for a diet. Her phone number, once again, like I said, then I'll, I'll get off of this, but I, it's an important issue to me. And it should be to anybody in the dairy industry. 202-224-4822. And tell her, if nothing else, go to National Milk. Go to DMI. Go to Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. Go to all these websites and find out about science that shows whole and 2% milk good for kids flavored milk chocolate milk good for recovery for kids after being in gym class or whatever but again senator debbie stabenow 202-224-4822 202-224-4822 and like i said you can call her right now because you're not going to talk to her all you're going to get is a machine but uh leave your message i did hopefully you will too all right we've got uh markets to get to Why don't we do it? Find out what happened at the Barron's sale barn yesterday, and uh, let's call on Brittany to tell us what happened. Today
7: was a late run, but our cull cows, the top 20% sold from 80 to 87, topping at 89, 60% sold from 40 to 79, and the bottom 20% sold 39 and down. If you have any questions or would like someone to come to your farm and look at livestock, please contact us at 715-537-5618. This has been Brittany with your Equity Bear and Market Report. Thank you and have a great day.
2: Colfax Chevrolet is about more than just vehicles. It's the charm of a small-town dealership without compromises. Come see what makes Colfax Chevrolet different, where you will enjoy the best when it comes to buying, trading, or your servicing needs. If you are looking for an experience in trust, exceptional customer service, and excellence, visit COFAC Chevrolet in downtown Colfax and visit us online at colfaxchev.com. It's always a fantastic day at Colfax Chevrolet.
1: The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
0: And about 11 minutes away from uh, 6 o'clock on a Thursday morning at Wax, let's head down to Sparta. Sparta Equity, hot Eamon, hot, hot go yesterday. Fed cattle slide steady
8: today with the Hylden Choice beef steers and Heifers 169 to 176. Choice and Select beef steers and Heifers 158 to 168. The Beef and Dairy Cross Steers 150 to 165. High choice Holstein steers 144 to 149. Choice and select Holstein steers 133 to 143 with unfinished steers. Heifers and heavy steers 85 to 132. Cow market steady. Quality beef slaughter cows up to dollar. High yielding slaughter dairy cows is 75 to 90. The cutters and utilities 39 to 74 with the low yielding and canner cows 38 cents and down. Bull market steady and roast bulls bringing 90 cents to a dollar with a thin full. And bulls over 2,200 pounds discounted at 89 cents and down. Just a reminder, our next sale will be Thursday, December 21st for our special dairy and feeder cattle sale with dairy cattle starting at 12 noon followed by feeder cattle at 12.30. Be sure to check out our website for consignments if interested. This is Hot Ammon at Equity Labs in Sparta with this marketing update, and we thank you for your business.
1: Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
0: Hey, let's get to more markets. Head over to the Equity Stratford sale barn. Jerry Fitzgerald is up and at him and with us. Are you uh, doing this report out on the porch and the patio? Because, boy, I'll tell you, you could.
9: Well, good morning. No, I'm not yet. It's, uh, well, for one reason, pretty dark
0: out there. <laughs> <laughs> you ought to get some of those glasses that have flashlights in them.
9: Yeah, like the like the miners do. No, it's yeah, a, that's right. it is a decent weather, I guess, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it is what it is, but I guess like your meteorologist guy was talking about, the chance of a, a new high on Christmas, high temperature, but, you know, yeah. they want to be pessimistic, but, you know, Mother Nature at some point in time is... Going
0: to get even with us, you know that. Yep, she sure is. Well, uh, the markets are unfortunately getting even with us. It's been a little softer the last week or so. What'd it go yesterday?
9: Especially on the cattle. But anyway, Bob, thank you, and good morning, everyone. A summary from yesterday, Wednesday, here at Equity Stratford. Uh, we'll start with the feeder cattle sale yesterday. A lighter run of feeder cattle here before the holidays here. But uh, a summary on the feeder cattle here of... Uh, Lightweight beef steers and heifers are selling in a range mostly from uh, uh, 175 to 245. Heavier beef steers and heifers, uh, pretty about uh, all the way from 130 to 210. Uh, Holstein's, about all weights, the Holstein feeder steers, a very light run yesterday on the Holstein, mostly from 130 to 140. Now we'll get into the market auction yesterday. Uh, Uh, Market cattle have been on a weaker trend the last couple weeks, kind of stabilizing this week here on the cow market yesterday. High yielding fleshy whole seed and beef cows are selling mostly from 82 to 93. Uh, Extreme top on the cow market yesterday did reach a dollar a pound. Most of the cows this week so far are selling between 55 and 80. That's the majority of the cows we're selling. 55 and below on those light carcass and thin cows. On the fed cattle trade yesterday, choice grading Holstein steers, we're selling mostly from uh, uh, 137 to 148. High-yielding choice Holsteins yesterday, 148 to 152. Select grading cattle under finished cattle, uh, those are selling 130 and below. And the bull market, conventional bulls, high-yielding bulls from 90 up to a top of 107 on yesterday's auction, lighter weight bulls, 85 and below. Calf market, good quality Holstein bull calves from 175 to 425. Heifer calves, mostly from 50 to a dollar. Good quality beef calves they are selling from 300 to $575. And uh, we did have some uh, beef calves, of course, a lot of beef calves on Monday up to 665 So we are on Thursday. This will be the final sale uh, before the Christmas holiday. We got underway this morning at 11 o'clock, uh, full marketing day with the uh, market cows, um, fed cattle, market bulls, baby calves. we we'll get to those this afternoon. And... Uh, of course, uh, next Monday in uh, observance of Christmas, of course, we will be closed. Our next auction will be next Tuesday, a full marketing day next Tuesday, including baby calves. Also, we'll have the hay sale next Tuesday and along with the organic market cattle. And just going to look ahead a little bit uh, into the first part of next year, uh, next special feeder cattle sale will be on Wednesday, January 2nd, as part of that sale uh, coming up here in January. We do have a complete herd dispersal of Charley and Charley Cross bred beef cows. Um, also, a lot of Hereford, uh, just a complete herd dispersal of beef cattle uh, information on our website, uh, and that will be in January. So, Bob, we'll turn it back to you, and uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow morning, and you enjoy the day. And, uh, well, I don't know what's the high today 40. 41. But no sun.
0: No sun. We're not going to have sun now until probably the middle of next week at the earliest. But uh, we'll get through. Or 51 could have a new uh, high temperature on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. We'll we'll wait and see, but we'll talk to you in the morning. So you have a good one. You too, Bob, and thank you very much. There you go.
1: Jerry Fitzgerald over at Equity Stratford. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And Synergy Co-op.
0: Over in Ridgeland, bringing us the markets as I look here, corn, beans, wheat all down yesterday, corn contract, a new low yesterday for the March contract, rain in South America, of course they've closed two of those railroad bridges, again. can't send train of product into Mexico, and uh, wheat down too, good weather in the southwestern parts of the country, so a lot of a lot of downward forces. March corn overnight unchanged with yesterday's close at 469. The oats down three at 375. March wheat up five to six six fifteen. March soybeans down three cents overnight to thirteen twelve. Yesterday morning beans were thirteen twenty four at this time. Country elevator prices today at the elevator in Loyal. Corn uh, 395 the beans $1222, and Arcadia $405, beans at $12.32. At uh, Chippewa Falls and Connorsville, corn 3.94, soybeans at 12.35. At Golden Plump today, the corn is 4.20. At Elmwood and Baldwin, corn is four dollars a bushel. Their beans at 12.20. Duran has the corn at 3.95, beans at 12.10. In Mondovi, the corn's also at 3.95. Their beans at 12.15. Fall Creek 3.90 on the corn, 12.10 on the soybeans. Osseo 4.05 and 12.20 at Elk Mound. The corn's four dollars, beans 12.30 in Sparta. Corn 4.10, beans 12.16. Corn's down to three eighty-five, beans twelve fifteen. At the ethanol plants today, corn in Boyceville is four sixteen. Stanley four fifteen. The Richmond grain facility four ten. Barrel cheese down another cent and three quarters. Below a dollar forty, one thirty-nine and a quarter. Blocks down three quarters, one forty-four and three quarters. Butter unchanged two sixty and a half. December class 3 boy these are no Christmas present class 3 prices December down 1 at 1613 January down 2 at 1560 February down 1 at 1574 March down 4 at 1644 April also well April was actually 4 cents higher at 1735 prices mixed out through next fall And once again, 29 degrees right now. We'll have 41 cloudy today. Get used to the clouds. They're going to be around
1: for a while. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi And the Chilson family of Ram dealerships, Chippewa Falls, and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.